Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. Welcome to Ask Amy from What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Solving your parenting dilemmas one question at a time. This week's question came via email. You can email us your questions, by the way, questions at whatfreshhellpodcast.com. That's what Pamela did. She said, I'd love to hear your thoughts on handling relatives or even strangers that try to discipline your kids. I recently had family in town, and my six-year-old was given quite a few lectures on minor behaviors by a relative that has no children of their own. No surprise there. Things such as sitting in a chair well past when he was done eating, accidentally kicking when said relative started the roughhousing to begin with. I'm able to call it out, but why does this happen? It's frustrating to say the least and confusing for my son. Pamela, you say you're able to call it out, which to me is the hardest part. Are you right there saying, hey, don't discipline my kid, I discipline my kid, because if you do, hats off to you. I find that the hardest part, sort of addressing it and how to pitch that response. And let's break it down because I think different approaches apply here. There are two different sets. First of all, strangers who discipline your kid is different than a relative. I feel like you don't have to finesse your response as carefully because you're not going to see this person six times a year for the rest of your life. On the other hand, strangers have less bandwidth for your kids. They don't find them adorable. They're not related to them. And so their annoyance threshold is going to be lower. Uh, People like to say, you know, your right to swing your fist stops at the end of my nose. I feel like if your kids are being reprimanded for something that is bothering that person, I'm talking like a get off my lawn situation, then the stranger is allowed to say something, even if they're not that nice about it. Okay, examples, kicking sand in a sandbox with other kids in it, being loud at a nice restaurant. If I've already said something to my kid in particular, like stop throwing sand, and then another parent or stranger or whatever says, hey, stop throwing sand, I'm pretty happy with that natural consequence occurring, and I'm not that unhappy about it. I'm going to kind of let that happen. Another example, when I was three years old, my mom used to take me to the town pool and there were these ladies with sort of Marge Simpson, you know, very large bouffant hairdos that would be in the pool. And they used to complain when the kids would splash them, would get too close to them and splash their hairdos that they had just spent money on. Now, if you can redirect your kid to another part of the pool, that's a situation where I would just do so and maybe take it up with whoever runs the pool later. Like, can we have time for the ladies with the hairdos and time for the kids? 
in this case, in this example, we were three. We were playing on the steps because that was where it was safe for us to swim. And these taller, grown-up sized people who didn't want to have their hair splashed needed to take a few steps away from the steps. It really wasn't on the kids. So it was in my mom's corner to kind of explain that calmly, which goes well or not well, but it was kind of what needed to happen. So that's what happens when there's strangers who are addressing your kid's behavior that is affecting them or something that belongs to them. Then there's strangers addressing kids' behavior that actually doesn't directly affect them. Let's say we're at the same pool and, you know, somebody is like the no running police. They're yelling at everybody who's not their kids, no running. And your kid's running is affecting that person zero. I would probably still let that slide unless I disagreed with the redirection, then I would step in. If, if somebody's yelling at your kids, no running at the pool, and why is it their problem, but there actually is no running at the pool, I would let that slide. But I can think of a different example. One time, um, my child was about four. He was running down a hill with his friend. The other kid's dad and I were walking down the hill behind them. It was on their way to school. A teacher at the school, not their teacher, a teacher who had nothing to do with them, just really, you know, red face yelled at them, no, running, that kind of thing, which took even me and this other dad totally aback. We caught up with our kids. Our two, you know, little children were very sort of red faced and embarrassed and mortified. And, and, you know, we told them right then, you did nothing wrong. That grown up was having a really bad day. You're allowed to run down this hill if you want to. And, you know, I sent an email later. There are probably usually extremely diminishing returns for confronting a stranger. But so I think what you do in that situation is to just make it okay for your kid, whatever that means. Okay, family members, that's more thorny. Even there, Pamela has given us two examples that are very different. Pamela's kid, I would say, being told, sit in your chair well past dinner. That's uh, the family member redirecting a behavior that is not directly affecting them. It is if the kid's banging on the table with a spoon, but if they're just fidgeting in their chair and this other family member doesn't like it, I'd step in. I'd explain calmly that we don't usually ask our kids to sit at the table this long after dinner is over. I'm going to excuse my kids to go play. And then I would sidebar later about that if it really seemed like a hugely disproportionate reaction or if my kids seemed really upset. If the worst part of it all was my how dare you speak to my kid feelings and my kid is actually fine, I think once you're out of the moment, you have to move on. If the family member is disciplining a behavior that is directed at them. So that's Pamela's other example. The kid is kicking the family member during roughhousing. The family member started and now they don't like how it ends up. Then I would say something like, I see, I actually do prefer that my kids not play indoors like that or so close to bedtime or fill in the blank or play the kicking game because it often ends up with somebody kicking. If it's a grown-up your kid has to spend time with a couple times a year, you can have an honest sidebar conversation offline on the way to Thanksgiving dinner about Aunt Rosemary being kind of strict, to stay out of her way, you didn't do anything wrong, she'd be kind of cranky, whatever. If Aunt Rosemary sees your kid three times a week, then yeah, then it is time for the difficult conversation. Then it is time to reset boundaries and explain that you want to discipline your own kid and your expectations are this and a new plan for how your family will spend its time if necessary. It's important to remember that the reprimands that our kids receive from other people can really sting us as parents because we feel like there are secondary messages directed at our parenting within them, or maybe they're kind of primary messages. But if the other person, stranger or family member, really was being affected by your kid's behavior and your kid has shaken it off and went off to play, your kid is fine, then I would say take a deep breath and move on and choose to live in the present moment. Let us know how it goes, Pamela. 
Send us your questions and we might answer yours next. Questions at whatfreshhealthpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.